Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. We are recording this after the Monaco Diamond League wrap. We wanted to wait to get that meet in before we did today's podcast, and we are so glad that we did. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack with his Quick Reaction Podcast. He just plugged in his mic. He's ready to go. We saw a world record. Gordon, how you feeling? Feeling good. Can I be a confession? You ready for a confession? Sure. It's the first time I've watched a Diamond League from start to finish in a long time. Mm. You know, a lot of times I come into a diamond league late. I miss like the first few races or I just don't, I just see only the highlights because I'm just like doing something that day. Cause a lot of times it's the middle of the afternoon and I'm not glued into every single diamond league. But when you're in the middle of a pandemic and there's not a lot of track, you're going to get your popcorn ready for a meet that had a lot of interesting events in it. It wasn't like the yeah. impossible games or a garden clash. It was an actual legit, track meet with fast times fast people and it didn't i mean you couldn't ask for a better monaco you couldn't ask for a better meet to have yeah like that is a meet that if that happened any other year you'd say that might have been the meet of the year if you were living on a different planet and had previously lived on earth so you were aware of what the diamond league was and how professional track operated but then we're brought down to planet earth on this day august 14th and you turned on the monaco diamond league other than the fact that you saw a partially empty stadium and you saw people checking in on the infield like it was a high school meet, you would have not known, I don't think, that there was anything amiss about this year. Maybe you would have been like, hey, why are some of these sprint fields not that deep? But when you look at the times, when you look at the headlines, and we look at how quality the fields were, this was as good as a legitimate Olympic full year type of meet. I mean, you could say it had maybe six legit results on the track. And by legit, I mean results that could like hold up for an entire year, not just like a, a blip, but like, I mean, and it wasn't just based on being fast. Like, I mean, we can start with the first race that I was surprised with the the men's eight. I mean, we could talk about the men's 800 with Brazier and that's, that. That's the world record. But <laughs> we should talk about the world record first. Bekele's 1237 from 2004, 16 years gone 
And we talked about this yesterday on the pod about, I mean, I was at least skeptical because I was thinking, hey, man, you're, you're not even close to the 1230 range or even the 1240 range, not even low 1250 range. Why can you break a world record? And then I was like, let's compare what Bekele was like. Bekele wasn't close to the world record before he broke it. He broke the world record with a massive PB and then went on to have his notorious career. And Chepta guy, for all the talk that like, hey, you're just a 1257 guy. Who are you to say you can break the world record? I mean, he's someone who can just do it in a, a workout because it looked like that. He timed his watch at the end. He was getting his watch splits. <laughs> he wasn't relying on the automatic timing. He's like, I got to keep checking my own hand time. I mean, I was, I was super impressed. He was just clicking off the – here are the splits, 60, 61, 60, 60, 61, 60.9. We'll round that up to 61. 60, 60, 60, 60, 59.9, and then he closed in 59.64. Looked like he had a little bit more there. You're right about our pessimism about the, pre, the world record pre-race. I went back yesterday. I cut the clip out. I posted on the website. It's still on the website. It's still pretty high on the website. So I'm guessing people are going to click on that and they're going to be like, wow, you guys are idiots. And I cut it right before you in you went into that interesting analysis, which was, hey, maybe we shouldn't just be looking at the fact that his PR is in the high 1250s. Maybe we should look at what the previous guy did before that. And you actually said by the end of it, you talked yourself out of being so strong on the side of he's not going to do it because you said, hey, this guy, he's kind of like Bekele. This is a this mirrors in many ways what Bekele did. Had some international success, obviously Chepter guy with the gold medal in in Doha. Bekele was on the scene, but not nearly the dominant runner that we knew later on, you know, in his career after that point. And then made that big jump down to the world record. We should have listened more to that because this looked this looked so smooth, Gordon. We should have probably paid more attention to a twelve fifty one on the road and said, hey, twelve fifty one on the road you're going to chop off some time once you get onto the track. Yeah. I mean, Bekele's PR going into the world record was, what, 12.52 on the track, right? I believe mm -hmm. it was 12.52. Maybe he ran at 12.49 indoors. But, okay, 12.49 indoors. He was low 12.50s. And it just – it's so weird to, like, think about it. Like, it makes sense after the fact. But I was surprised how, like, easy it was. Were you surprised with how – it did not look like he was straining. It looked like it was he was in route to a 10K race. That's what the way it seemed. Yeah. That's how the greats always make it look. Unless, the, if, especially if you're by yourself towards the end, if there's another person, maybe you see a little bit more strain because you're comparing their facial expression to their opponent or you're able to get out that last level. I have no doubt he he went to the well. But this thing was so well-paced. Props to the, the rabbits here. Props to the pacing lights. They kept it on. So that way, he didn't really need to do a huge acceleration. I know when the rabbit stepped off before 3K, he actually picked it up. And that's when I thought, okay, this thing could be on at this point. But I'm with you. It makes me think, now this this record, right? Bekele's record stood since 04. How long do you think this one's going to last? Because it doesn't seem like very long. <laughs> it doesn't, but it, again... It takes cojones to go for it, right? And it takes yeah. specific situational track meets because, like, think about it. Kind of makes sense to kind of go for a world record this year because there's no need to be in race shape, like tactical mm -hmm. racing, and that's all out the window. You don't 
you don't need to prepare for peaking for an Olympics. You can just prepare to peak for a time trial. That, I mean, that's a big reason why Bowerman yeah. were able to run all their fast times because they're not thinking about trying to figure out how to get through rounds and just a strategic of racing different people. You could just think about like, hey, there's there's no rules. You just go out there, run as fast as you can, and see what happens. And mm -hmm. it, I don't, and it's, it's in mid August. Hard. And it's mid August, right? So it's yeah. hard to it's hard to have a time to. I mean, I guess off years is the best time to do it, right? Where because mm -hmm. typically you're at your best in August, right? If you're peaking for mm -hmm. a world championship or for an Olympics, but no one is trying to run twelve thirty five at the Olympics. You know, they're trying to run, you know, kick in the final two laps in the Olympics. So, yeah, it kind of makes sense well, that it happened. And I don't know how long it will – I mean, I like to think that, like, once you see a world record, you think, oh, he could just do it again and or someone else is going to want to break it. But it took 16 years for Bekele's to be broken. I wouldn't be surprised if it's another 10 that no one's going to mm -hmm. attempt it. I don't know. And yeah. if they do attempt well, it, they run, like, 1245. I don't know. So four flat average is a 1230 for 5,000 and he went 1235. He's essentially running 401 ish and change on average. But those last, those last four laps was, were 60, 60, 59, 59. So he was right at, right at four minutes, <clears throat> if not a bit, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's just staggering when you, when you put it in that context and you think, Okay, to go faster than this, the next step up is is literally you're gonna have to you have to see a five k worth of four minute miles, sub four minute miles to get to that next next level. Like the bar is very high now. <clears throat> yeah, if we're talking about like weird ways to have like races, you know, if you have elimination races where every lap someone is eliminated, what if you had right. a race where? If your time is not under four minute pace after every lap, you get eliminated. So like, yeah, you know, see how long can you constantly stay under the you know fifty nine point nine nine one fifty nine point nine nine two fifty nine point. See how long you can keep doing that until you get to two and a half laps, uh, twelve and a half laps, and run a twelve thirty five k. But I mean, let's. It's just it's so weird to fathom like sixties <laughs> for twelve times in a row. It's just like. <laughs> Imagine doing you're like right. a, a a twelve by four hundred workout where you're trying to run sixties and you have like two minutes rest. Yeah, this guy yeah. got it with zero yeah. rest. It's just like oh. it's I hope, just like we talked about with the Bowerman people, we hope that they race more, and I hope Cheptekai races more. Twenty six seventeen is Bekele's ten thousand meter record. Maybe he'll just he'll take a shot at that because Bekele ran that well he ran his 12 26 20 which is was the world record at the time and then got improved the year later but he ran that in 2004 as well too so if we're going to continue the joshua chapter guy 2020 equals bekele 2004 idea then let's get him in a 10,000 let's get him in a 10,000 asap and and see if he can break it but i was again blown away i didn't think he can do it i said i thought the women had a better chance at the world record although that clearly was not in the cards that race little wonky. Helen O'Beary still got the win. Safan Hassan dropped out. So they were not in the form that Chepta guy is. But we've established Chepta guy now as you have to believe what he says. A lot of people say, oh, I'm going to go for the world record. And then it's not no, you know, it's nowhere close. I'm going to take everything he says seriously now. Like all of his pre-race predictions, if he says he's going to win a gold medal, 
if he has a Netflix show that he's a big fan of and he says is good, I'm going to listen to everything Joshua Cheptegei <laughs> says from here on out. I mean, it kind of – I was also thinking from the perspective of Bekele. Bekele was so close to having all yes. three world records at the same time, right? And like, and it's just like now he's never going to be able to have that, right? Because he's not going to come back and break a 1235. Uh but that was like I'm sure because on his mind he was thinking, all right, five, ten marathon, five, ten marathon, and now it's yeah. just going to be ten maybe marathon. It's just like it's so. Yeah. That, better hurry. That's actually a good question now. Like, do we? Because people would say Bekele, greatest distance athlete of all time, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. now, if more and more people start breaking his world records, will we? He lose the like the time because. A lot of people look at Bekele and look at the times, right? And you, you could, I mean, no one wants to debate. This was a debate that we had two or three years ago, and everyone was like, it's a stupid debate. But you have Bekele, Gebra Selassie, and I would argue Farah with the domination yeah. of winning every single title he entered. Um, but like, the, the, the more and more Bekele's times become less relevant, the more and more you want to pick the greatest of all time based off of championship performances. And again, Bekele has his fair share of championship performances, but yeah, I mean, Farrow won, won, won the five ten double, like what, like six, seven years in a row. It was insane. Hey, well, he had 10, he's 10, dole, 10 golds. So <laughs> 10, 10. Yeah. Two hands. I, I'm yes, I guess. It, yeah. If, if this does usher in more people running, near that time, which you're saying you think the time could go for 10 years. And that sounds reasonable to me too. I also could see a couple other people sneaking under it. And then you're like, well, he's the fourth best of all time now. What does that mean? Well, not nearly as much cachet as having the world record. Uh, yeah. But you do have to give credit for the fact that the world record stood that long. I want to see if he has some MJ in him. Like he's watching this race. And then oh. he's like, and that's when I knew I had to go. That's when I knew I had to drop 50 on Joshua Cheptegei. Like he comes back. For Tokyo next year, just 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 out of spite, just because he because you know he loves those records, you know that's important yeah. to him. It became personal for him after the Monaco Diamond <laughs> League. It became personal, dude. You gotta watch out for Choki's. Like, damn it, I just you know, damn Lillard, he get, he misses two foul shots, <laughs> and then he goes on to score 150 points in three straight games total, and everyone yeah, yeah. just is like, all because of the two foul shots. Kipchoge's like, damn it, Bekele is gonna be lit, like lit on fire in the London matchup because he's like, I can't just have one world record. I need multiple. So, I think the yeah. person who is most like I sh I'm more, most worried for is Kipchoge because right. Bekele is gonna be out for blood. He's gonna get the the collateral ricochet. Of like, oh man, Cheptegei had to do that to piss off my opponent that I now have to race in London. Yeah. All right. There were a bunch of other highlights here. Let's run through them real quick. Uh, we mentioned the 5,000 before Hassan DNF dropped off at 4K. Obiri passed Gaudet on the inside, ran 14.22. They made a big deal about this in the broadcast, but she won by so much she could have passed her in lane eight and it would not have mattered. It wasn't yeah. like a, a tenth of a second separated them by the, by the end. Jessica Hull... Uh, Aussie record in fourth, 14.43. And then Shannon Roberry, someone who you mentioned in the pre-race preview, Gordon, 14.45. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I said she is 1445. Didn't I say she would run 1445? I think I did. That might have been the one thing you like, got right. I just focused on what you got wrong, which was Chepka. Yeah. I was like 840, 402, 1500. You're 1445. I mean, yeah. Shannon Roberry is now time ever. is 100% Olympic team uh, favorite. Okay. I think she's a favorite for top three. Not favorite to win. That's still Schweizer. Uh, but like, I mean, it's 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 getting harder and harder to bump Shannon Roberry down to fourth place in the U.S. trials. It's just harder and harder to yeah. do that after she keeps on running faster and faster times. And the yeah. depth in that event for the U.S. when you take indoor and outdoor, the amount of women that have run fourteen fifty or faster is just astonishing now between yeah. Houlihan and Schweizer, Cranny, Fraser, Frericks. And now Robray, it's 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 ridiculous. Let's talk about these men's middle distance races. Let's start first with that men's eight. Brazier one forty three point five one. Pace was a bit slower than I thought through the first four hundred, only fifty point five. And then Brazier made a move with two hundred to go. And Bryce Hopple, who we brought up yesterday, and I said, "How's Bryce Hopple going to do when he doesn't have to run eight hundred races?" Turns out pretty good, Gordon. Turns out you can run Bryce Hopple anywhere and he's pretty good. Were you saying 800 individual races or 800 meter races? 800, 800 races. Both. Okay. I was saying both because he ran, yes, he ran every GMR, every 4x4, every Kansas dual meet last year. This time he opens up in Monaco and he's he's the story of this race. I'm sorry because yeah. I mean, Brazier 143 won. That's expected to this point. We expected him to get to to win we did not anticipate bryce hopple being eight 100s behind and taking over a second office pr and moving him to number seven u.s all time did not see that coming yeah. from bryce hopple and i honestly think bryce hopple's finish is like the best thing that's ever happened to donovan brazier like i think okay. if brazier was just running so much better i mean he saw what he did in his that 335 where it just felt like a man among boys right and he just seemed yeah. like just as his own category, like it's like it's done, it's a wrap. Just like you know, it's like Noel Lyles in a 200. Who cares? He, it's Noel Lyles will win and then we'll move on. And I think seeing a fellow, not just international compadre, but uh, an American compadre run right up with him is perfect because that means he's not going to be able to just jog through trials. You know, he's not going to be able every time we, we're just you want that, you want that second person to push someone great like Donovan, because I think if Bryce is constantly on his heels, that's going to make Donovan be like, hey, being a 143 flat guy, 142 high guy is not enough. I need to start yeah. being a 141 guy if I want to just like dominate the, the U.S. And, and world circuit. So I yeah. thought the it was the best news for Donovan, just having yeah. a young – they're the same age. They're both born in 1997. Like having another young under-25 competitor – just to push each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be that and, moment when Hopple upsets Brazier and it's great for the sport, right? To see mm-hmm. someone so good like Brazier lose to someone, you know, it's like the Nick Simmons, Dwayne Solomon. However, it's kind of reversed this time. Nick was the better versus Dwayne, but now Brazier's the better versus Hopple. So, yeah, no, no, it's, it was, it was really tight. Those last 50, I did not think he was going to get past Brazier. I just had that feeling that Brazier's going to have enough and he's going to do, enough to win but mighty mighty close closer than i thought it was going to be 
the men's 15 was ridiculously fl- fast. I'm just going to read out these splits for you, Gordon. Uh, cause these are, these are drunk splits. These are these, these, they started happy hour early in Monaco with these splits. 52, 59, 58-65, 56-40, and then finishing in a 328-45 for Timothy Chariot. Now, Jacob Ingerbitson and company didn't follow him at all because they were like, what is this pace? Like this, this is just ridiculous. Like the lights are supposed to keep you on track. You're not supposed to try to beat the lights. That's not the point of the lights. Ingerbitson just chilled and then ended up catching, latching right onto Chariot. And sort of in a similar brazier hopple dynamic, he was breathing down his neck and goes 328-68, smashes his old personal best of 330-16, and gets that European record there. So a big race for for the youngest youngest Ingebrigtsen. And even also for Jake Whiteman, who also had a two-second PR. I mean, he ran, what, 329? He was under 330. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cherio again, like you said, he's won every race since 2019, or it wasn't that big of a. Yeah, it's 2019. <laughs> I did say that. Or, or six months of 2020 didn't count, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I think Jacob Ingebrigtsen's going to beat Cherio in the next okay. two years at a world championship stage level. So I, I think. He's, I think Chariot's going to lose either the Olympics or the 2022 World Champs. Or, I mean, 20, okay. yeah, 2022 World Champs. I just, Bold pick. Bold pick. He's, he's coming in, man. He's he's like, eventually, you're going to get, it's going to get nipped, right? Especially in a 1500. I feel like there's a lot more chances for air in a 1500. I mean, but Chariot doesn't really mess in the 1500. He just goes. So he's not like, I don't think Chariot's going to go out there and do a Centros esque olympic championship run you know so were you left with the same question i did after watching this race which was how fast could timothy chariot run if he didn't have the world's most bonker splits he ran 328 going that way that can't be the most efficient way to run oh yeah i mean if he goes out what three seconds slower yeah yeah yeah. two seconds slower maybe he gets something maybe he's (laughs) then then maybe he's in the 26 range i mean 26 is not that far away right that's right, a world that's, record, right? Yeah, 26? yeah, 20, 26 flat. So if we're talking, if we're talking about historic world records, we've already got rid of one Bekele record. Why don't we talk about Garouge being vulnerable as well too? I definitely think he is just based on the way he runs. If he has any sort of patience in that first part or gets a little bit better pacing, I think, I think he could do it. Uh, let's. Do you want to move over to the sprint side of things, real quick? Sure. Warm, forty-seven ten. His second fastest ever. He did what he normally does, which is just blow by everybody in the first half and then not slow down. I saw that he 13 stepped the whole way around smart hurdle. People were tweeting that on hurdle Twitter. Uh, previously he had switched the last couple to 15. So he watch out, watch out. If he keeps going this year, we'll, we'll definitely see something under 47. I think, I think he's done though. Right. Didn't he make it the, the broadcast oh, making it seem like he was peaking. He's going to this scene done. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many time trials and everything these runners are doing in practice so that way they feel because they're clearly sharp yeah and they're not just they're not sharp by accident they're sharp because they've changed their their training and adjusted their training i think they've just been at that stage so long that as long as physically they're there they can mentally get up for the moment put them on the track put them put them in the blocks and then they can just put themselves right there because 47 10 is we saw him earlier the year in the 
inspiration games, but that was that was nothing compared to this. This was amazing. A top ten performance all time by yourself. And also it shows he was trying because he did he could have ran like forty eight, right? And been fine. I'm what was second place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely could have yeah. could have cruised. He was, he was running against nobody. So like he clearly was trying to put together his like season's best for twenty twenty to get them get ready for twenty twenty one. So I mean, if your season's best is gonna end up being forty seven ten, just off your your personal best, I think that's a good uh good way to wrap up your year. So okay, you still got it. You're still in the low forty sevens, you're ready to go into the next Olympic cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, women's 1K, Feth Kithiegon, 229.15, almost got the world record in that 1K. Beat Laura Muir. Uh, Raven Rogers struggled there. We, she finished in ninth. Uh, Bacali won the steeple. Ortega won the high hurdles. Holly looked good early on and then faded towards the end. We'll see him again next week. Curious to see how he bounces back. Still 13.19, not bad. I want to close out, though, talking about the Lyles show here. I was busy uh, typing up. I only had one eye on it because I was typing up the Chapter Guy world record, but 1976 for for Noah Lyles. It's great. America's birthday, right? Plus 200 years later, 1776. Oh, 17. Okay, I didn't really understand what you're saying. I was like, it's August 14th, but okay. <laughs> uh, no, I mean it was obviously the the little gimmicky, not gimmicky, but interesting thing was the fact that. It was the first time the two brothers were in the same race at international competition, and they go one-two. It's great. I mean, Josephus, a 400-meter guy, running 20.3. Good for him. Uh, but so it was kind of cool seeing a Lyles-Lyles back in uh, mm-hmm. one and two. Uh, but 1976, I think, is good. I mean, he's definitely, I feel like, just kind of cruising through this year. I don't think he's trying to be a, a nine, try to PR. I mean, maybe he will, but like it just seems like – He's playing it better safe than sorry. Like he's just so talented that a safe and sorry season can have a nineteen seven be your season's best. But yeah, there's. I guess he's realized. Maybe coaches realize. Hey, you just want to stay healthy, stay stay a little bit sharp, but you don't need to be razor sharp, and uh, just kind of cruise through the season, get some paychecks for appearance fees, and then get ready to go in twenty twenty one. Well, who are the guys that can? push him in a 200 now it's norman and maybe kenny b yeah and maybe coleman maybe coleman for a bit and that's maybe the list and van niekirk you keep bringing up van niekirk in the 200 i mean i'm 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 i admire your optimism that he's going to get back to that level in the 200 i i I just don't think he's at norman's sorry what about the other guy oh the The one who got like no you got like sick from botswana Oh, Isaac They won him on the track. Yeah, McWalla. Wait, hold on. McWalla. Wasn't there like a flu outbreak at Worlds in 2017? Yeah, you don't remember that? That's so funny to think about like... Norovirus. We're like... And then he came back. He had to run the race by himself to qualify. They let him back in. Then he started doing push-ups on the track. Little did we know that was like a precursor for three years later (laughs) for like the entire sports world. To deal with that, like we were all like, let him run, let him run. This is bullshit. Like we we're all talking about you should, it. Should be like, no. like, this yeah. whole thing was sent around like it's just a virus. It's a lane track, and it's just kind of funny. Three years later, we're kind of like completely hmm. hypocritical on that. It's kind of funny. 
Gotcha. Also mentioned Lyles before the he raced with uh, one glove in homage to Tommy Smith and John Carlos raises fist uh, before he started that uh, that race. I saw him post about it. I think on on social media before it got going. Was there anything else that you wanted to mention? Is it Lena Irby got a win fifty point five, which I think I said yesterday. That's great she runs mid fifties. That's good. Yeah, and a confidence yeah. builder for sure. And and you beat a fellow American who we were talking about is potential gold medal like contender. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously, Waylon Jonathan isn't in her best form right now. Um, it's kind of hard for some 400-meter runners to be in their best form, right? Uh, but yeah. it's great news for Lena Irby. She had a disastrous 2019, if we're being honest, right? Like, after 2018, where you're running 49 seconds, winning an NCAA title as a true freshman, and then you come back and you just aren't the same runner, and you leave school early, you go pro, and even when you're that, you're kind of still not together. You're, you're just becoming another runner in the group. You're not like the star that you were a year ago. To then head over to Monaco, which is a world class yeah. meet. You win it. You run 50 mid, which is you know good for a pandemic time. Like it's got it's got to yeah. be good news for her. She's got to. I could tell in the face. She kind of like that race was like assurance. Is like, hey, 2018. Was was wasn't the outlier? Twenty nineteen was the outlier, you know. So it's good for her. I want to read before we close out here. Kennedy Spikele's Instagram post. He congratulated Joshua Chiptegei. He put a picture of himself breaking the world record. It says, "I have great memories of running my world record in Hengelo sixteen years ago. It is very difficult to run any world record. Congrats to my teammate Joshua Chiptegei for running a new world record for five thousand tonight in Monaco. But now it is personal for me. Oh wait, no, I added that last part in there." Oh damn it! <laughs> I was hoping you did. He should, did you watch he the, the meet? I, he has the iPad. Did you watch the meet on TV or on NBC Gold? I watched the meet on NBC Gold. I watched the meet on NBC Gold. What are your thoughts about uh, the commercial breaks just being black? <laughs> wasn't a fan because there was a world record going on. <laughs> I, not good. I was looking at his split, so I went to the live results page and yeah. I saw. A 60 and a 60. So I realized he was going to get it while I wasn't even watching him run. And then I, yeah. and then I texted Lincoln. He must be doing the same thing, which he should be. He should be at home on paternity leave, not watching track, by the way. And then he, he's like, oh, crap, I think he's going to get it. And it was very clear just looking at his body language when they actually cut back to him with, I think, two and a half laps to go, three laps to go, that it was going to happen. But the moment I realized that this is real was when there was a black screen and I was just looking at live results. Somewhat ironic. Yeah. And then there's moments anyway. when you, you 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 could hear the commentators. Basically, what happened, for those who don't know how their technology works, you would think, why are they showing a black screen? Basically, they were taking the TV feed and instead and their technology, I guess, got mixed up where when they go to commercial on the TV, they didn't set it for the app to go to either continuous international feed or go to commercial because if you notice after the 200 they switched away from the american version of the yeah. league and went straight to the international broadcast which had no commercial breaks it was just you know nbc kind of mixing up their wires with their mm. stuff it was kind of funny though just seeing the black screen hey we're gonna take a quick break and this is like eh, no okay. no well track is back gordon track is back that track was one indication back. The track is back. Uh, thanks, yeah, everyone, for tuning it. in. The email address, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us for this special Monaco quick reaction episode. We'll be back on Monday. 
Have a great weekend. We'll see you then.